Hey everyone, it's Laura, and today's Encore episode is a share from Catherine from back in season 11 of the podcast, and it's all about how to show and tell. Though this episode was recorded a few seasons back, it's one that has truly impacted my work and continued to inspire me in the design of presentations that I create making visualized storylines to map the full learning journey experience and provide signposts along the way is something that I immediately put into practice after Catherine's share. I hope you enjoy this replay and that you're inspired by how to show and tell. Welcome to season 11 of Digital Learning Radio. I'm Laura and I'm joined by my co-host Catherine. Hello. And this season of the podcast, we're continuing the conversation of sharing what is inspiring us on our ongoing story of learning. Catherine will be sharing what's inspiring her this week, and I am ready for some inspiration today. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay, Laura, hopefully you'll be feeling inspired by the end of our episode. But speaking of inspiration, we had such a great conversation last week about Mm -hmm. designing for belonging. And I know we've continued chatting about it away from the podcast studio, but I wanted to check in with you here. How's the now what work going with design for belonging? I have certainly continued to be inspired by this book and this idea. I ordered the book and first of all, it just looks so cool. Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. very colorful. It has this really inviting style of illustration. And I was delighted to flip to a random page when it was delivered. And the page I flipped to was one that had Brene Brown's face (laughs) on it and her definition of belonging. And then I flipped it over and I noticed the back cover is just a quote from Priya Parker advocating for the book. And so I was delighted by these Mm. connections to previous inspirations. And so that alone just made me more excited to dive into reading. But then I discovered (laughs) that some of the pages flip to fold out, which, you know, doubles the size of the layout. It showcases some just beautiful illustrations. And I also think just kind of sent me back to this nostalgic childhood time with books that have pages that, you know, flip Mm -hmm. and do cool things. So all of that to say, I'm really enjoying the physical book itself, (laughs) plus clearly the content. And I've been able to have some really good conversations based on it with a number of colleagues and friends already. And then lastly, I've just really been continuing to think about the idea of inclusive spaces in particular, and how to use and maybe leverage my own sense of belonging in some areas to help ensure that everyone feels included and like they belong. So good stuff all around. Well, Laura, this book has inspired me and I am so grateful that you brought it to the podcast. I listened to the John Spencer episode right after we finished recording. I purchased the book as well. I even talked to my parents about this Mm. book and outside of the workspace, but it is one that I am savoring. Mm. It's a short book, but you read a little bit and think and reflect and do those exercises. So I know our conversations will continue after even a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I completely agree. I love that your inspiration is continuing from last week, but do you have something to share with us in the form of a quick win inspiration for this week? Yes, I do. But I do want to give another shout out to your quick 
Gwen from last <laughs> week. Uh, I was so excited. I wanted to bring it up again. You talked about the speaker notes add-on for Google slides from Alice Keeler. Mm-hmm. And I used it like the day after you shared it last week. And I mm-hmm. just have to say, it's magic. (laughs) It it is magical and it saves so much time. So can confirm definitely quick and a win. So thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) But my own quick win is going to be something that I actually rediscovered this week. And that is NPR's joy generator site. And what it is, is this cool, colorful, interactive site. The homepage says feeling blah, Science shows you can boost happiness by taking time for small moments of delight. And then there's this button that says click for joy. And so after you click it, it will take you to one of, I think, nine different small breaks intended to generate joy. And so each one takes you through a series of subsequent interactive pages. Most have some ambient or soothing music, cool visuals, and it's all intended to give you a good brain break. And again, that spark of joy. So there's one that's about the importance of uh, the sounds of nature. And then there's one where you can illustrate things and it talks about the importance of drawing and using your hands and uh, they're really cool. And so uh, my thinking was, I know that a few weeks ago I mentioned thinking about designing a while you wait slide of activities for early arrivals for in-person PD sessions. So I'm thinking of either including this as part of that or having it embedded as a specific meaningful brain break uh, beyond, you know, just kind of scrolling through your phone and checking your notifications during some longer form PD sessions. So NPR's Joy Generator, very cool, would recommend checking it out. Oh, that sounds like an amazing win and something that I think also could relate to burnout, like having a break that is something that will be more meaningful, like you said, than scrolling your phone and to bring that spark of joy. So I am so excited to explore. I'll report back next week. I bet this will spark some joy for me too. All right. All right. Absolutely. Well, speaking of joy and I suppose inspiration, I'm ready for some (laughs) inspiration today. So let's get to it and tell us the what of our what, so what, now what protocol. And Catherine, share what it is that's inspiring you to learn this week. We're recording this episode at the end of April, which is summer planning mode for us. And Mm -hmm. many of our episodes have been about refining our work and presentations, like the while you wait slide with sparking joy. So here's another layer to add to our planning. Our instructional designer friend, Juliana, often talks about the importance of creating a story for her courses, and that's truly an area of growth for me and something that I need to embrace and develop. So I found this book a couple of years ago, and I look at it and ignore it and look at it, but this podcast (laughs) has inspired me to pick it up again. So I'm sharing a tiny part of Dan Rome's book, Show and Tell, How Everybody Can Make Extraordinary Presentations. Mm -hmm. And I hope this conversation will help me up my storytelling and presentation game. Well, you've hit all the keywords (laughs) to spark my interest. Let's pull up a timer And in 60 seconds or less, tell us about the book, Show and Tell. 
The premise of the book, Show and Tell, is that for an extraordinary presentation, you need to remember three things. Tell the truth, tell the truth with a story, and tell the story with pictures. When we tell the truth, we connect with the audience and we become more passionate and self-confident about our work. When we tell a story, we make complex ideas more clear. And then when we tell the story with pictures, our audience is able to grasp exactly what we have in our minds. So Dan shares that there are four different purposes to presentations, and he asks us to determine if we want to change the audience's information, their abilities, their actions, or their beliefs. The change we want our audience to experience determines which type of storyline to create. And then once we know the type of storyline, he then provides examples on how to incorporate more visuals into the presentation and then ideas for making those visuals as clear as possible. Okay, um, I'm hooked. Super, super interesting. Give us more. Tell us the so what about show and tell that's inspiring you to learn. This book is short and written in a fun format with many hand-drawn illustrations, and I'm finding I'm enjoying this graphic style mm. every now and then. So it reminds me of Austin Cleon's work, like Steal Like an Artist, and mm -hmm. the Designing for Belonging book that we mm -hmm. um, both bought after last week's episode. But more importantly, the content of the book. I vaguely remember the structure for a hero's journey story, <laughs> <laughs> and this book provides specifics about developing other types of storylines, and so that was all new information mm. for me. And then also in a previous episode, we discussed how graphics can lower or enhance learning. Mm. And so now I'm overthinking every icon and illustration in my work. Same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Dan Rome is a visual communications expert, and he provides some very specific strategies for what types of graphics to use. Mm. So I'm hoping this work will help get me out of my analysis paralysis about what goes in my presentation. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, same. Uh, let's hear more about these storylines, maybe in general. All right. So Dan starts with the components of any presentation. And he said, we need to consider three things, our idea that we want to share us, the storyteller and the audience. For presentations, we want the audience to change in some way. And if we don't, what's even the point of the presentation? Mm. And, and so that was a good reminder. And, you know, a thinking what's the best use of our synchronous time oh, and, yeah. and then maybe why I have felt terrible after sitting through some presentations, like I didn't feel changed in mm. any way. Mm -hmm. And so for storytelling, Dan said that there is a spine, which is the main idea and it has a beginning and an end, and that is the horizontal storytelling. And then the vertical storytelling consists of the anecdotes that add supporting details and color to the whole story. To help us visualize the storylines, he uses the acronym P-U-M-A. So he's drawn little pumas. Okay, um, okay. Little cats, which is the presentation's underlying message architecture. So the Puma 
is in various shapes, resting or climbing or pouncing or leaping to help us visualize what our storyline looks like. And the head is the summary of the main idea. The spine is the main storyline. The legs are the supporting materials and the tail is the conclusion. So all mm. storylines follow that same structure. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got to say the English teacher in me is really wishing that I had this book a few years ago uh, when I was in the classroom with my students. What are you thinking about how these storylines look and are drawn out? Um, how can that relate to the work that we do? Well, thinking about those four different types, I think our work most often is one where we want to change our audience abilities. Mm -hmm. And so Dan calls this type of storyline, the explanation and visualize a climbing Puma. <laughs> and as I mentioned earlier, Dan says that all storylines have a beginning and end and that the end point should be higher than the beginning point. Mm -hmm. So for the explanation storyline, our attendees knowledge and skill should be higher than when we started the session. Okay. That but, tracks. Okay. So the visual representation looks like stair steps. And so with each new stair, the person's level of expertise increases and the steps are small and we don't want to move on until people have had a chance to process the information. And I think we're both really good at this part. Mm. And I'm thinking about the webinar that we did earlier this week. We shared information, then allowed some time for processing, shared a little more information, allowed that time for processing. And I really think that this structure is built into a teacher's DNA mm, because mm -hmm. we always do these checks and formative assessments and making sure that people are going in the upward direction. So I, I feel that that is something that we already do pretty well, but here's where I need a bit more work, but I think you're doing a great job on this part, Laura. Mm. Dan said to provide a map of the whole journey in advance to preview the work and then signpost as we go. Mm. So I know you've really started adding those timelines of we're going to learn, then we're going to connect, then we're going to reflect mm -hmm. and so on. And in fact, for last week's webinar, I know we debated about even keeping that slide. True. true. And, and so now I really see the importance because it's a map of the whole story that we're trying to tell. And I really see that that's important. Oh yeah. I, I like you describing it this way because absolutely as we are looking at what slides are the most important to keep, that was one that I suggested throwing out. And so mm -hmm. I really like thinking about it as this map and signpost. Um, interesting. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, what else? Well, I think, and again, this is where I need to work at it is maybe the signposting is revisiting mm -hmm. and okay, remember, we just talked about this. Now mm. we're going to do this. And even thinking about adding that map back in and highlighting where mm, we are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, I know we were so um, crunched for time in those one hour webinars. We may not have the time to do all mm -hmm. of that, but it is definitely something I'm reconsidering, like how important that is in this process of gaining knowledge each time. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So that's the tell part of the story. 
And then in the book, Dan goes through an example slide deck to show the visuals that correspond to each step in the presentation. And so the next part is how to tell the story with pictures. Now, I know my slides have improved over the last uh, few years, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I could do even better. So here's where I'm struggling a little bit. Dan says each slide should share only one idea and should help our storyline flow. And then if it's a complicated idea, break it down into several slides. He does share a bit of the research that says visual processing is between one third and one half of our brain's activity. So the visuals and the verbal information are interdependent and just okay. so important. In our previous episode, we discussed how graphics can enhance our lower learning. And I know research from the learning sciences talks about dual coding to help with learning, mm -hmm. but Dan is insistent about the visuals. And he said that every slide should also have a visual. So in fact, he says that you should have a headline, a picture, brief caption, and that's it. And so mm. I'm, I'm really struggling with that idea. So what are your thoughts from hearing that? Mm, so the thing that initially comes to mind is I know that that was kind of a trend in presentations and probably is still a trend in presentations in the before times, you know, mm -hmm. pre-pandemic. If you would go to a conference, you would see a keynote speaker who had these just minimalistic slides with, yes, uh, one image that goes along with the story that they are mm -hmm. telling. And so I was really kind of inspired by that and tried to do that in my presentations. And then Webinar World kind of redid everything mm -hmm. when we were emergency remote. Mm -hmm. And so I know we really thought about minimizing and streamlining even more to lessen that cognitive mm -hmm. load and make sure our slides are so clean and minimalistic, mm -hmm. uh, but also for whatever reason, it made me want to put more text on, or like if I am saying a quote from something, I have the quote typed out on the slide and maybe not an image. And so I don't know, you can hear that I'm just processing out mm -hmm. loud, like thinking about how I do things. I think I have switched the way that I do things living in a predominantly webinar life, but I don't know why they need to be different. Mm -hmm. um, I know I respond really well and, and can typically remember presentations that are really engaging and have a lot of storytelling and they just have these clean slides with, again, uh, a related image. Uh, mm -hmm. I like the idea of these different pumas everywhere, um, mm -hmm. but, but yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting that you talked about the webinar world, how that mm -hmm. has changed this. And you're right. And that's what I was thinking when I was reading the book, like, oh, I can see this so true for keynotes, mm -hmm. but then what about for talking about Google forms for formative assessment or, right. you know, something like that, or the end of burnout. So yeah, I'm still on the fence about this, but, mm -hmm. but it is something to really think about, but then here's the, the next part to help us refine the types of visuals okay. on our slides. And Dan, even in a later book, calls this his vivid grammar. He suggests we use six different types of images or pictures to represent hmm. the concepts. So if you are talking about a who or a noun, you use a portrait. Okay. If it's a how much, it's a chart. 
If it's a when, a timeline. If it is a where, it's a map. If it's a how or cause and effect, you have a flow chart. And the why is some kind of equation. Hmm. So his example in the book was to tell the story about how to play chess. And he just used six slides um, with a graphic on each one of them to demonstrate hmm. the story. So the portrait showed chess pieces. And so it was introducing here are the different types. Of okay. Pieces. Okay. And then the how much it was a chart. So it looked like a little bar graph where the pawns are worth this much and the mm -hmm. queen and king are worth one of these. And hmm. um, so that was a different kind of chart. The map to show where he showed where pieces are on the chessboard. Okay. The equation he showed the, I don't even know chess, the king or the queen being knocked over by another mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. showing that you win the game by doing this. Mm -hmm. So I have a little bit better idea of the types of pictures, but I'm still not sold and I'm still evaluating every slide now. Mm -hmm. Like, is this explaining at how much do I put some kind of chart on there. Anyway, that's where mm. I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> Ooh, that's super interesting. And yes, side note, I am also not a chess player. So as you were describing that, I was thinking maybe I should look at that. Like maybe this, <laughs> this is a format that I will actually learn how to play chess. Um, but yeah, I wonder if there are pieces of our presentations that we could do this just minimalistic slide with these important and types of images or graphics, maybe to set up the story or explain maybe the why or the how, mm -hmm. maybe think through that lens and then also have our more detailed information. Because you're right, if you're doing a session on how to use Google Forms as a teacher, I think I will be like, please don't show me just a map. Like, please show me how to use Google Forms. So I think maybe this is a good, just yet another lens of intention to think through. And I really like having these six types to think through because I think we all have our kind of design style and we go for the same types of images. And so I like, even if it doesn't work for every slide for me or every presentation, I'm thinking about how to categorize them differently because I don't use a lot of flow charts or mm -hmm. equations. And so I, I like this as, um, again, uh, another layer to think through. Hmm. Well, okay. So the map or the equations, those mm -hmm. really are not the map you think of. Mm -hmm. So back to that Google forms one, a map would be, here's a screenshot of Google forms. And then I would be mm, okay, highlighting okay. the point where it says, here's where I click to add the questions and how, you know, like zoom into that. So that would okay, be happening okay. on that screenshot. I'll have to, this is again, one of those weird podcasts. I'm trying to describe <laughs> illustrations and graphics, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. but I'll have to show you the book in real life to, yeah. to um, better understand these different ideas. But thinking about a quote, I know for accessibility, we want the words, we mm -hmm. want to say the quote, but is there an image that would mm -hmm. better represent the underlying message of that quote? Mm -hmm. Those are some of the things I'm thinking about. Okay. But well, so, so am I now. So thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to share? I don't consider myself a designer, but I am learning and I have definitely seen growth in my own showing and telling skills. 
So I have a growth mindset about presentations <laughs> and I appreciate his concrete steps and the acronyms to help me along the way. And Dan exemplifies taking a complex idea like making presentations mm -hmm. and the storylines and how it is very simple. And so I think at some point, every single person is going to have to make a presentation or a pitch, whether it's in a classroom or a boardroom. Mm -hmm. So I think it's extremely important to have that knowledge and those skills for presenting. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what I'm thinking. I can always improve on, yeah. on this. Absolutely. Well, I know that by proxy, I also <laughs> improve. Uh, sometimes I'm not excited about it because I'm like, okay, this is one more thing to think through as mm -hmm. I am designing this, but uh, really, really good things to think about again. And as always. So next steps, as you know, we want to use our episodes as a place to launch further thinking, and we want to challenge each other to apply what we share as we consider now what. So do you have a now what? Do you have some next steps from here to incorporate some of these ideas about how to show and tell into your work or even further your learning? So here's what I want to include in my upcoming sessions, and I'm thinking especially about the longer face-to-face -face sessions that are the explanation type of storyline. Mm -hmm. I'm going to admire and acquire that map or outline of the entire presentation and use the learning, growing, reflecting, whatever, mm -hmm. just to show the overview and then provide those signpost steps, review what we've covered. Here's what's coming next. So really hone in on those transitions, I think. Mm -hmm. So I'll also refer back to his visual grammar rules to help me when I'm adding visuals to my work, whether it's a presentation or a site or handout, and just look especially at those slides that don't have any graphics mm -hmm. on there at all. What could I possibly edit, remove, and what could I add? Today's share was the deep dive in the explanation storyline, and I know that's what I spend most of my sessions on, but... As I plan for some other things that I'm doing, I also will look in the other three types of storylines. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the next step, but I don't know if I'll have anything tangible by next week when we record, I am adding these pieces of information as another layer to my summer session. So long-term goals, but maybe no short time outcomes. Okay. Okay. I love it. What I'm hearing you say is you don't want to have like a homework assignment in which I go over all of your slides this time next <laughs> week and analyze those visuals. Uh, well, I'll do the same for you. So, okay. Okay. Uh, I don't want to do that either, but uh, right. no, 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 these are, this is, this is excellent thinking and um, gave me some good things to think about to consider as well. So thank you so much, Catherine. Mm -hmm. We'd also like to extend the invitation to you, dear listener, to share your ongoing story of learning as well. Take a moment to pause and think wherever you're listening from and consider what ideas have you heard today that have sparked your interest and inspired further learning about how to show and tell. And remember, we are dedicated to transforming our thinking about professional learning and know that seat time in a traditional session is not the only way to learn. 
We continue to be inspired by conversations that shape and change our behaviors, and we want to honor this and alternative forms of PDE. So this season, join us for an experiment. After listening to our episode, you are invited to complete a reflection form linked in the show notes to share what you learned and how you plan to integrate the information. You'll then receive a certificate of credit for your thoughtful responses. You can also find us on Twitter at DigLearnRadio to continue the conversation and share your own learning that's inspiring you this week. This season, we're dedicated to sharing our learning and the things that are inspiring us. We hope that when we share, the conversation and ideas will cultivate curiosity and inspire you to explore one of the resources, reflect on a question we've asked, or continue the conversation with us online. Reflect to consider the what, so what, and now what of your thinking. Share your learning inspirations and ideas from this episode and beyond. We are, as ever, inspired to learn from Gail Allen and her work in the new pillars of modern teaching. She reminds us that when we share, we add a sentence to the story we communicate about ourselves to the world. Let's continue learning, sharing, and transforming. Let's get inspired.